Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise. And last week, we had Chai Walthry burst, and that's the only word for it, burst into our news office because she was so excited about a contest her art students were in. So I thought, this is a woman whose enthusiasm needs to be recorded. <laughs> Welcome, Chai. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and happy to spread the word about my wonderful art students. Well, I'd like to just start with a bit about you because I this is the first time I'm meeting Chai. Just tell us, first of all, about your name, Chai. Uh-huh. It's such an unusual name. My name is actually a nickname that I chose for myself close to 40 years ago. And it was something that I wanted to um, represent me as an artist and as a person. And I had heard the name a couple of times and I fell in love with it and for a while, about a month, I kept trying out different names and saying, call me this, call me that. And then finally, it settled on Chai. I like it. I <laughs> like you. it a lot. And that was before Chai tea, by the way. Okay. You were ahead of the game, of the trend. So just if you could um, tell us, first of all, I know when I talked to you briefly on the phone, you said something like, it was always your dream to teach art. And it, I got the feeling you had taught something else. Is that true? Uh, it is true. So just tell us a little about your background. Okay. Um, well, years ago, and I'm not a young chicken here. But <laughs> How old are you? I'm in uh, close to 70 now. Oh, my, my gosh. In my 60s, yeah. <clears throat> and so when I first um, started teaching, my father said, well, you have a choice. You can be a nurse or a teacher. You know, it's kind of like you didn't have a lot of opportunities, and I picked teaching. And um, so after that, um, my father said, I always was interested in art. And as a child, I always copy those little drawings in the comics where you can enter a contest. Oh, and, yes, and they had, like, those. I do remember, and you had to exactly draw. And I'd send them in, and I'd win, and my dad would say, oh, it's a gimmick. <laughs> so anyway, um, when I went to college, I majored in teaching, but one of my um, majors was art, and one of my majors was elementary, and another major was special needs um, children working with different learning disabilities. So um, as time went on, my father advised me well because he kept saying, well, there's only one art teacher usually in a school, and you might not be the one chosen, but there's lots of other opportunities. So over the years, I worked in many different states and different um, school districts, and most of the time, there were no arts classes Mm -hmm. to teach. So I worked in other areas, elementary and learning disabilities, and um, it worked out well for me. And then finally, when I moved to Altamont... And how did you end up in Altamont? Yeah. How did you settle here? My husband was transferred to a place in Delanson um, called um, Harvest Homes, and we... um, and I followed along pretty much saying, oh, well, let's see what I'm going to do. And I kind of met lots of people in the community, and I loved it here. I had never lived in an area where people were so friendly. He was at work every day, and I would be meeting people in town and walking around, and I, I'd he'd come home and I'd say, people make eye contact, and they say hello first. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I was so surprised. <clears throat> And I loved it. And so I kept making more friends and meeting more people. And I started doing different things in the community and volunteering and helping people with different businesses. And, you know, it just all came about. And then finally, 
I met, I, I really missed children because I had been teaching before I moved here and I was lonely for their presence and I was like, I have to meet some kids and I'd ask everyone over at Randall Meadows, can I borrow your grandkids? Can I take them out? Can I do anything? Can I teach them art? So it started that way. Oh I my gosh. Um, some classes in my home originally and it kept growing through word of mouth and finally um, the need came that I went over and talked to Pastor Greg at the Lutheran Church and I said, can I talk to you about a need I have? And and I went before their little committee, and they said, we'd love to have you. So here I am. So you have art classes there regularly. I do. And I, I saw do. from the pictures that Michael Koff, our photographer, took, I was picturing for some reason down in the church basement, but you're up where the beautiful Actually, windows the are. the classroom is in the church basement, which is really <clears throat> above ground level. Oh, it is. But, um, but because we had such a good turnout, we needed a larger room, and so we went up to the hall. So tell us, how many kids do you have in your class, and what, like, what's their age range? Okay. Right now, presently, I, um, I have classes on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, because my parents are elderly, and many times I have to take long weekends and go visit them in New Jersey or help out. So um, the classes are for anyone, usually um, kindergarten up through fifth grade, because I have students who have been with me for a long time, but by the time they go to the middle school, they're so involved in other activities, and they get home from school late, and then there's homework, so I kind of lose that group. Mm -hmm. Um, I had uh, done a couple of things with adults as well, and that was, that was fun and fine, but my schedule was a little tight, so it kind of just didn't. So does your school, I call it an art school, does it have a name? Does it have a no? No, really, <laughs> just, it's just Chai's kids, school, okay. <laughs> and now the thing that brought you to us was this contest, and if you could just tell us a little about the Edward Gorey Envelope Contest. Oh, yes, that is such an exciting thing. I don't know if anyone knows about Edward Gorey, but he's quite a character. Um, he's deceased, but his work and his legend lives on. He's from uh, New York and Cape Cod, and he um, he's, he's a contemporary artist and writer, illustrator. He wrote over 100 books and illustrated all of them and then wrote and illustrated 60 other books for other people. Um, he was very eccentric. His house is now a museum. And this past summer, I had an opportunity to go to his museum. Oh, tell us about that. And also, could you put, because I love his art, but it's hard to describe. It's kind of <laughs> gothic and Victorian. Is, yeah. Just kind of give us in a nutshell how you as an artist would describe his I art. I definitely would say the same thing. It's, <clears throat> very, um, it's very different. It's kind of gory, like his last name. And he, um, he was kind of a collector of many different things. So his house at one time was filled with... Uh, thousands of books, thousands and thousands of books, and little whatever he found, he collected. And he went to yard sales all over Cape Cod and brought back very unusual things, pieces of metal. I mean, you can't even imagine things that he saw art in, and he would put them together into creatures and different things. And his work is styled very much like uh, Edwardian and Victorian kind of costuming on their, on his characters. He's actually famous for doing the set of um, Dracula on Broadway and the costumes and the set. Um, 
he was really into mystery, so a lot of his things were kind of uh, they have a creepy edge, creepy. but it, <laughs> but it's whimsical at the same time. Whimsical it, and musical, yeah. and you know, some things are a little deep. And at first, when I brought them the the contest um, application home. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, I don't know, these kids are a little young, and these are, but they were so filled with, like, Halloween's coming, and, you know, I'm like, okay, let me present this to them and see how they react. So I told, I, we always talk about different artists, and I show different artwork from different artists, and we kind of um, imitate it, you know, or learn from it. And um, we had just finished doing a unit on Dr. Seuss, actually, not long ago. Oh, and well, that's something they must all be very familiar with to begin sure, with. for sure. <clears throat> so when I introduced Edward Gorey, they, were, um, they, they loved the idea. Because many students, at especially young ages who are not artists, have a, have a fear of drawing people. They want them to look beautiful and perfect all the time. And this gave them so much freedom to make animal heads and different body parts and put them all together and make weird things out of whatever it might be that was in their little brains. And they took off with it and just bloomed. Yeah. And... Um, so the contest consisted of designing an envelope, is that an right? An envelope. You and had that- to draw the picture on the envelope, and that envelope with the picture on it had to go through the mail. So who knows who saw all those pictures? <laughs> <laughs> And then it would go to this house on Cape Cod that had been Edward Gorey's and is now a museum, Mm -hmm. and they would choose winners. They chose winners, and they had different categories for age groups. And then if you do win, you also um, get to have your entry put into one of the museum's photo albums so that you can see who the past winners were and... um, and also you get to be on their website. So the kids were, were excited about all of that, you know. And we talked about, like, not everyone wins a contest, you know. So that was kind of, we, I try to incorporate a lot of life's learning lessons into my art, into my classes. And um, so we're like, well, if, if any one of us wins, they were, so any one of us wins, we'll be happy. You know, that's like a miracle in itself for us. <laughs> and so um, this one little girl who actually won the contest is just adorable. And she's very cute and girly and was, has bows in her hair. And, and her name is Josie Martin. Josie Martin, yes. And we have her picture. By the time this podcast is posted, you will have seen her picture in our paper holding up her artwork. Yes. So, <laughs> so you'll get to see what Josie created. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, Josie was thrilled. Um, her mother got the, the an email from the from Edward Gorey Museum that said, we selected Josie's artwork because it's so unique and it has the disappearing element in it. And all these things that were really true of what Josie was creating. So, well, she, so can you describe to us what her artwork sure. was? It's a man, or I believe it's a man, and he's invisible, and he just has these big sunglasses on, and um, but he's holding a head, and he has a couple other heads, like he can change his head depending <laughs> on his mood. 
And it was probably the first time she ever drew anything with blood. <laughs> and she had little bottles on the table like he was a scientist. It's, it's, a, it's really quite special. <laughs> oh, isn't that something? And so it looked like the way you prepared the kids actually worked because judging by Mike Koff's pictures, it looks like they were all celebrating and happy at they this. They were. They yeah. were so excited. They were very happy for her and yeah. they were happy for themselves because they thought we... We did it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the gathering that took place yesterday. Okay. So I, in, in keeping with that philosophy of we all win, we all won, including myself, I felt very honored as a teacher that one of my students won. Um, I thought we should have a celebration. So we, I went to um, Hanford and got a cake for them, and we tried to... Um, imitate one of Edward Gorey's books and pictures, and I had a big umbrella put on the cake, and then we all stood under it and had our picture taken a couple times with this big black umbrella. And um, and then, just so listeners know, that's a, a, a frequent meme in uh, Gorey's art. Absolutely. He'll have a yeah, black, black umbrella. Black umbrella is always um, out there somewhere, <clears throat> and lots of his pictures and books and so on. But... Um, we just had a great celebration. The children all presented their folders on tables, and they had their um, Edward Gorey entries. We had copies of them because you don't get them back after you send them in. So we had we took photographs before they went, and we had that on the table for anyone who came to the party who could look at those entries. And then we also took it a little further. So a couple of weeks after the entries went in, they had to go in by the 27th of October. Um, that wasn't that long ago, but it seems mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> but anyway, they also started working on what well, he had a book that I had purchased called a flip book. And it had, a, it was divided into three sections. And you've probably seen them, but the heads can be flipped with different body parts. And then you have the middle and then the feet. And they did a fantastic job on those. And we're so excited because they, well, they had to line them up so that the head kind of matched the body and on yeah. each of the pictures, but it was Oh, great. that's neat. So in other words, like you could have a head of, say, a young woman, a body of, say, a middle-aged man, and feet of, say, of a, a baby. Or a chicken. Or <laughs> different animals or things, or too. I see, I see, or I see. Or an oh, animal head and, or wings or whatever you So it about. would make different creatures by flipping the different sections. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that something? And they also added little props because he adds, like, little props of interest to his book so they might have had like a glass of chocolate milk that spilled or uh, an umbrella or a a brush or something in their hands or whatever it might have been that they picked yeah so I would just like to go back to Cape Cod and hear a little more about his house that you visited if you can everyone should go I have to tell you a friend of mine took me and she's quite a frequent museum uh, person, She goes all over to very unique places. And we were on Cape Cod together, and she goes, let's go to the Edward Gorey Museum. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I was a little hesitant. And when we first got there, I'm like, this is really weird. And this is really kind of a strange sense of art and humor, and, you know, it's kind of... Because when you get in somebody's scary, actual yeah, house, because right. I'm assuming it's 
since he didn't die all that long ago, that it's set up. It isn't like recreating, say, Emily Dickinson's house. No, no, it's no. got his own stuff. So did you feel his presence? Did you feel? Oh, you can absolutely feel his presence everywhere you go. Every little inch is him. Yeah. Um, and his house was quite a collection of things. And they actually had to sift through many of his things from what I heard in, in the presentation that was given. And they, they auctioned off lots of his possessions. And there was so much stuff in the house that they had them uh, set aside into different shows. So you can come to the house and it will be different almost every time that they have a new show, which I think they might do once or twice a year. And so the, the, um, the day that I was there in the summer this year, they had a scavenger hunt and it was taken from one of his books called, oh gosh, The Ghastly, I can't remember. There are a lot of ghastly. alphabet book oh, on yeah. really weird ways that these children met their demise. <laughs> <laughs> Very sick. But um, throughout the house are so many things that he used as images that he has stimulated his brain for his artwork. And you had to find clues. So you went on a scavenger hunt and you had to find the clues for that scavenger hunt. And then I spoke with someone else who said they went to another scavenger hunt. It was also great. And so he was very um, interested in mysteries and was friends with mystery writers of the time. And um, he was just quite a unique person. So with all the various artists that you've instructed your students about, are there any that stand out? I mean, this one certainly sounded unique, but are there other favorites that they've had? They um, love, um, they did love Dr. Seuss. And we learned a lot of things about his drawings and we were happy. And actually we created Dr. Seuss um, on paper, but we also did three-dimensional things for Dr. Seuss, which we're hoping to put on display during the Victorian holiday. I always have an art show. Hopefully there'll be one this year. Oh, in the nice. Church. And this is December 9th this yep, year, Yep, and right? all the children will display their artwork, and um, hopefully that will happen. I'm not quite sure yet. We haven't, like, set it, in, you know, set it down. But um, And they show all their work, and so those things should all be on display, and we're hoping people will come and visit. And the artists are usually hanging around, and you can <laughs> talk to them and ask them questions. Oh, I bet they love it. Now, they also like... We just did a study on, for my little um, young ones, like kindergarten, first grade children, I was teaching them how to draw cylindrical vessels. They always want to make some kind of containers in their, you know, so we, we, I taught them my technique, which is pretty common. You draw um, different circles of different sizes, and you can connect them by the outside line and then erase the middle, and you can decorate them, and it creates all kinds of, different containers for oh, you. Oh, neat. And so we used uh, Mackenzie Child's catalogs at that time <laughs> and to look for designs and patterns. So we do a lot of that colors, designs, patterns to put on our vessels, and they loved that. And they love different children's illustrators. We study them because they're children. They read them. They're familiar with it. And Do you so, do any of, like, the classic artists? I mean, you don't have them imitating, say, Michelangelo or something well, like that. <laughs> Oh, isn't that? I love the New Yorker so covers. So copy those, and our, our guideline is um, you can look at the picture. There's to be no violence or, you know, anything violent or any kind of weapons are not allowed. So if there's anything in the picture, 
I usually don't give them that <laughs> cover, but um, they have to also change it to be their own picture. So there's something in the picture you have to change. You know, so they change it a little bit and it becomes their own original. Oh, neat. Well, one of the things, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as an art teacher, something that's kind of bothered me over the years is it seems like very young children are natural artists. You know, you can give a very young child paint or crayons and they're just fine and they just create. And it seems like the older they get, the more self-conscious they get, or even they stop thinking of themselves as people who can do art. They they start putting it in a category, like so-and-so does art. I mean, have you run into that? And oh what do you gosh, do? What that's... do you do about that? Because it just seems like shutting off a whole part of yourself as you get older. But uh, do you have any thoughts oh on that? Oh my gosh, that is like the premise of my doing art, of my teaching philosophy. I feel that so many people, even adults, say, I can't draw, I can't. I believe everyone can do it. And you just might need some guidelines and you need someone who knows about art and knows about human nature, maybe, and can just kind of bring that out of you, confidence. Um, I do a lot of, when I first meet students, I always say, draw me something, anything you want. And, um, and let me just see what you can do. I'm not giving you any guidelines. You can just do whatever you want. So I save that picture, and I talk to them about it, and they tell me about it. Well, I, I like this part of it, and I wish I could do this better, or, um, you know, my coloring's not so good, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I save that picture, and then um, my next group of activities that I usually do with them are what I call brain-freeing activities. And I even touch them sometimes and say, okay, we're going to get out all your ideas about art and we're starting over again. And we're going to just let you do some creative stuff like when, like when you were younger and you weren't afraid. And so I start with these scribble drawings, I call them. And I just say, don't think about it. Take a pencil in your hand and just move it around on the paper anywhere your body te- and your mind tell it to go. And then they get done, and then from there, and I have some samples of some scribble drawings that I made to give them inspiration. <clears throat> and sometimes we'll start with just one color, and I teach them about monochromatic, and then we might introduce other colors, and then as the, their drawings become more complex through the different series of mind-freeing activities, they might start to put little eyes into these little dots to make creatures or whatever. And they love it, and they can learn shading in that way, like some areas are darker, some are lighter, some have patterns, and they really take off on patterns. And we use Mary Englebright, too. We love Mary Englebright. She is so great with children. Her, her artwork is childlike, and the kids love it, and they can relate. And so they put lots of patterns and colors and, you know, just... Get rid of a lot of rules, you know. So, <laughs> so you're a rule breaker. I'm you're a, rule a, rebel. Bre- I'm a rebel. So what does it do for a kid or an adult to have art in their life? What how what does that do for you? I, I feel that it really frees you and gives you an avenue of peace. And I feel like it's some it's some uh, and many times you don't have to think, you just have to move and feel and it might unrest some t- 
turmoils you might have. It, I mean, this is what it does for me when I'm doing art. I, I feel happy. I feel patient. I feel peaceful. I feel like I'm unraveling, you know, different mm -hmm. emotional mm -hmm. things and just being free and, you know, taking pride. I, I don't think that art um, is something that you should worry about other people's judgment of it. You know, and that's the other thing I teach the kids. Like, oh, wow, this is great. And um, look at what's your favorite part. So we have critique sessions almost after every class. So when these children are working on their art, I always say, okay, come for critique. And we look at each person's artwork. And they have to put in art terms, usually. How do you feel about their art? What's the best part of this picture? What do you so like? So give me some example of some art terms. What what might they well, say? Well, they might say something like, well, I like the, they're, you know, they're young. So yeah, sure. well, I like the color or I like the shape of that. Or I never thought of putting those two things together. Or I like the way one overlaps over the other one. And you can see through the part that's overlapping. Or they could, I mean, there's an infinite number of art things that could happen in a picture. So when you first said that, it sounded counterintuitive if you're trying to get them to free up to then have a critique. But I hear from the way you're describing it, it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's a sharing of perception oh, on a work yes. of art. We believe very much in copying each other's work. I said, you can't copy in school, but you can copy here. <laughs> so sometimes during the middle of a session, I'll say, okay, time to pass. Because we might be working on some particular project, and I'll and they all pass one seat to mm -hmm. the left and goes around, and they look at that person's art and what their interpretations are of what our activity is, and they get ideas, and the the it keeps growing that way, you know, and they keep on getting new ideas, and then it goes to the next one, so that by the time we come to critique, they've already kind of seen some of the stuff in that person's drawing that they may have already liked. Or they want to copy, or like, look, I did it too, you know, kind yeah. of idea. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned some of these students you've had for a number of years, is that right? Yes. And can exactly. I know you don't want to use specific names or anything, but can you just kind of talk about how that shaped someone to have, you know, because our teacher in school, you usually have just one year, and then you're yeah. on to the next. And I mean, how, how it does... It really gets, lets me see their growth. Yeah. And we always keep that first picture, too. And they are surprised themselves when they look at that first picture. They'll go, I can't believe that's how I used to draw. And, you know, from year to year, they see um, yeah. how they've grown. But um, usually I take them right after kindergarten, after they've gotten the rules down at mm -hmm. school. So... Um, they kind of come in and, and I present art in the classroom like this is really an art lesson. It's not just you do whatever you want. We look, we're going to learn something today, you know, mm -hmm. and I review what we what we cover for the day and what the and we learn big words that they might not know like the monochromatic or and um, this is funny because a lot of the, the students I have are siblings of other students that I might have had or cousins or mm -hmm. friends of or whatever. And one of my favorite stories is one parent, um, her daughter just entered kindergarten a few years ago, and, I, and her other siblings came to classes, but she would always trail along with them to pick them up or drop them off. And so I said, you know, I think she's ready to come to art class if she would like to, you know? And so she goes, well, I'll ask her. I don't know, you know, because she was only in kindergarten. And, her, and she asked the little girl and said, 
Um, I think she might be ready to come to art class. Are you interested in going? She And the little girl with the greatest enthusiasm like clutches herself and goes, oh my gosh, I've been waiting my whole life to go to Chai's <laughs> art class. Her whole life of how many years? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's she great. she sent me this in a test and I had to save it. It's one of my oh. favorite expressions. Oh, that's great. Well, can you tell us a little about your own artwork? Because you've mentioned several times yourself as an artist. What kind of well, work do you I'll do? Well, I'll tell you, um, one of my favorite um, mediums to use in the past had been watercolors. Because it was, you know, it, it dried and I didn't have to worry about oil, mess it, you know, whatever. So, um, and it's a very spontaneous kind of art, and you it seem is. like and a spontaneous easy, kind of person. It's not easy to fix either. Right. <laughs> so you have to kind of really plan. And we do use that old philosophy of plan your work and work your plan. You know, think about what you're going to do before it's on the paper. So, um, and then I started to do, um, I had um, done some oils, and I had done some acrylics over the years. And um, one of my, in fact, I, I had sold a couple commission pieces to a, a parent of one of my students um, just recently, and I made a donation to the Altamont Elementary School. Um, this is a funny story. <laughs> she, this parent said, I'm going to redo the teacher's, um, uh, lounge? teacher's lounge, but yeah. it's really the teacher's bathroom. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> And it's my gift to the school. Would you can can I buy a piece of art? I'm like, no, I can donate a piece of art. So I created something um, modern and abstract for the teacher's lounge. And the, and I always say, well, I hang over the throne. So what <laughs> better compliment can you get than that? Oh my god. <laughs> so, so you used to do watercolor, you were I saying, did. and now you've. It sounds like you've moved to something else. I'm using more acrylic more, now, see. yeah, and I'm experimenting more with abstract, which I really didn't do before. And I think through the lessons and giving the children lessons, I've become more. released and able to do more that was my next question of teaching has because i used to teach not art but like poetry writing and it influenced my own writing so Mm -hmm. i was wondering if it influenced your own art absolutely absolutely i still don't get to do as much as i would like Mm -hmm. and in fact i taught um high school art for a semester for um in pennsylvania where i lived and i thought oh this is great they have clay wheels i'll be able to do pottery i'll be able to do all this different stuff not one thing did i produce during that semester i was so busy getting Mm. students ready to put their portfolios together for for college or do different things it was just it was a great experience but definitely different than i went in thinking it was gonna be (laughs) yes teaching takes an enormous amount of energy yeah So, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Anything we haven't touched on you think is important for people to know about you or art or your class? Or, um, Well, I'm, I'm up for all kinds of new possibilities. I believe each day presents a door to me to open. Like today, being here, I never thought this would happen to me in my life. And I'm excited about it. And I have lots of lots of stories. And in closing, I will say that my name was mentioned in the paper once before when I spied a, a cat that was trapped in a garage. Oh, I don't know if you remember. I remember there was a lost cat and they were trying to find it. And, and you we had were in the seen... art room and I saw the cat in the window and I took a photo and I'm like, 
wow, you know, and I, I didn't think it was really trapped in there. But then I read an article in the paper saying, we're looking for Romeo. Romeo, where are thou? Yes, and you found Romeo. Yes, it was a Sunday night, and I pulled up the phone. I'm reading the paper, and I pulled it up on my phone, and I'm like, that looks like Romeo. So I wrote to the, I texted the person, and I said, is this Romeo? <laughs> So an artist's eye had a practical solution. <laughs> Very good end note. Thank yes, you, Chai. Thank you so much. Thank you.